0: by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. All right. So, uh, cards on the table. I am exhausted, and uh, that is uh, partially due to the fact that I got a new tattoo today, and with that, I now hold the record for the fastest time to bring up a tattoo unprompted on the network, uh, which is actually a pretty big deal. So if you'll uh, join me for one second of self-indulgence. Uh... Sorry, Steve, uh, you got to step aside. Uh, I now am the uh, the king of unprompted tattoo talk, uh, which is actually really impressive. Uh, for those who don't know, um, Steve Steve loves talking about his new tattoos, and I had to do some research into it. Uh, just to double check. Um, and he uh, he talked about his first tattoo, the line he got. It was 20 seconds on. And grant that's not SDPN. It wasn't on this channel, so maybe that doesn't count. I don't know. Um, but when he got his first tattoo, uh, he made... Um, it was before the season, so it wasn't LFR, but it was just a video on his own channel. It took 20 seconds. So it was, it was a tough time to beat, but I'm really proud of my achievement today. Um, so... Uh, but yeah, all that to say, I am <laughs> guys. I'm I'm exhausted. Uh, for those who don't know, I uh, am in the UK. It is it is six a.m. So maybe not uh, local time, but f- as far as you know, someone doing an episode of Game Over, I think I must have the latest. I must I must have the latest start time. So. Between it being 6 a.m., and like it's not a big deal. I mean, talking hockey's easy and caffeine exists, so I can, like, kind of pump the caffeine straight into my veins and and, and do my best to do the show. Uh, it is a rough game to talk about when I'm feeling so low energy, but we're going to do our best here. Um, all that to say, thank you for tuning in to Game Over Ottawa. That was uh, that was a really rough game. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Um... This being the, the, the show and 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 the remainder of the season. So this is not a game I want to focus on for too long. So if there's anything sends related or otherwise you want to talk about in the chat, uh, feel free to toss stuff in now. I uh, will go back to the chat uh, following our uh, hopefully kind of short talk about this game. Um, and uh, maybe talk about some stuff that's a bit more fun. Um now look at the rest of the season. We'll, we'll we'll take a quick look at all that. But so today tonight's game, this morning's game for me, um, bit of a bit of a rough one. Um, so it, it it came in a bit of a different way than 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 usual in the whole sends dominate start the game down one nothing it 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 it. I think it, it probably it, it happened in a more aggressive way. Honestly, the the way that the Sens uh have been this season, especially when when the team was struggling at its, at the 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 darkest parts of the season, the Sens come out looking so strong and then before you know it it's one nothing for the other team. In this case, Ottawa honestly were dominating for the first 5 minutes uh especially just I don't have the possession numbers, but um it was strange like the sens struggled to get the puck on net I mean, a little past the 5 minute mark the shot for one nothing and granted that um doesn't include Giroux hitting the post but um just really odd like a lot of, like uh, really the sens really struggled to get pucks on the net while controlling the play so much um and then yeah uh, so sens look great to start the game go down one nothing what else is new um, kind of fell apart towards the end of the first. There, um, didn't love, and I think a huge contrast, not only just in in their in their defensive play at towards the end of the first, but just the way they were they were going about, uh, their possession and 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 having the puck in the offensive zone towards the end of the first. Like like I said before, it was they looked dominant the first five, even stretches to ten minutes of the game. Vancouver could not hold possession for more than a few seconds at a time, but towards the end of the first, they were getting real flashy. Like, like so, the Sens went whoever the puck carrier is, whoever brought the puck into the zone, whoever had first possession on the puck, trying their best to make. And, and the thing is that they, were, I can't even fault them for it because a lot of them were pulling off. Kachuk, Chikrin uh so many players were doing some real flashy shit in the offensive zone holding the puck and looking cool while doing it, which is a plus, I guess. Um but like then th- following that they, they 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 would just mess up the easy pass. You know, like like they they pull off the really tough flashy move, fire off what should be a simple pass and it's a giveaway. So just a weird just a weird first period in general. Um and yeah, I mean, by the time it was by the time it was three nothing, I I wanted to, I wanted to mentally check out, I wanted to go to bed. But, um, Sands had a bit of fight of them fight in them left towards the end of the game. Um, no, I don't. I, I tough to tough to uh, pin down any like real strong efforts, any real strong showings that I saw. Um, so we'll, we'll 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 keep it negative for a bit. Uh, that. That short-handed giveaway by DeBrincat was the the nicest way I think I can put it is catastrophic. So obviously not a good play. Um, first of all, it's it, so I I haven't watched a lot of Canucks games this season. Naturally, I mean I struggle to 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 stay up late enough to just watch the Sens games. Given where I am, so I'm not staying up until th- I'm not staying up to watch a game that starts at three a.m. most of the season, right? So that's my excuse. Anyway, haven't watched a ton of Canucks games. I know J.T. Miller is notorious for like he can score, but the last thing you want him doing is playing in 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 the defensive zone. I had no idea that J.T. Miller was on the Canucks PK. Um, so the fact that he scores a shorthanded goal uh i i didn't think that was a possibility frankly so i don't know um but he did that i i don't know listen if you can't score on a pk that has jt miller on it and you give up a goal listen it's great that, the, that it's great that 5 on 5 scoring is a thing for this team it just sucks that it happens right when the power play forgets how to power play. Uh, the Sens cannot score uh, on both consistently, is what we've learned. We just have to deal with it. Um, Sens go over three in the power play, and the crippling part is that the Canucks, despite the fact that the Canucks only go one for six on the power play, and I don't have a problem with uh, most of those penalties. I don't. Um, most of those penalties are purely on the Sens, uh, but the fact that the Canucks only went one for six on the power play, it's a huge opportunity for, for the Sens. You go five out of six on the PK, take advantage of that, and don't just, you know, convert on your chances before the game is basically completely out of reach. Um... I don't know. The 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 penalties on, on Giroux and Shabbat at the end of the game there, both of those are questionable, I think. Uh Giroux, um I can't remember who stick uh he, he he knocked out of he knocked stick out of someone's hands. Um I don't know. To me it looked like they were both swiping at the puck as the puck was coming around the boards towards them and Giroux granted missed and, and got more stick than Puck. <sighs> At that stage of the game, I don't know if if that's a call that I'd be making. Uh, And then Shabbat got uh, called for holding the stick um, after, uh, you know, uh, essentially what Giroux got called for happened to Shabbat in the defensive end. So if you're going to call it, call it. Um, Don't call half of it. Um, And then granted, Shabbat, you know, held the stick like the penalty says. But listen, that was a reaction to essentially what Giroux got a penalty for. Anyway, um, am I sick of talking about this game? A little bit. Um, I don't know. I just... Okay, one more negative I want to talk about is I don't know what Hamnick was doing on that third goal. Um, he drops to his knees way too early, takes himself completely out of the play. Like so, I don't think anyone is necessarily praising his his defensive capa- capabilities on a nightly basis. Like everyone know, everyone who's who's been a consistent listener or viewer of Game Over Ottawa knows I've had my problems with Hamannik from the start of the season. He's proved me wrong several nights. He's proved me right probably more nights. Um, he's had some really good games. A two-goal game recently. He's looked great defensively on and off throughout the season. Like occasionally, he'll just have a game where I can't believe it's him. Tonight, not one of those nights. Um, And it's just one of the things. So he was on the ice with Holden on that goal, and it it really is incredible how as soon as you split up the Hamnick and Sanderson pairing, it just completely exposes Hamnick's deficiencies. Uh, whether it's defensive or offensive uh but like I said, you know, he's 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 had standout games both offensively and defensively through the season, just not as often as he would like for someone who has as many uh off nights as he does. So you know, that another whole th- another thing about is is Holden being out or Holden should be out for Brandstrom which isn't happening as we can see, which is just brutal. Um so we were talking about it on the Discord as well. Um, it, it probably is time to, to move on from DJ Smith. I don't know if new ownership's going to come out, going to come in and just completely clean house um, because I love what Pierre Dorian has done with his team over the past uh, uh, not even 12 months. Man, it's March. Called the last nine months. What he's been able to do with this team is so impressive. Um, I'm, I'm perfectly happy keeping Pierre on board, but I, I don't think new ownership is going to come in and, and pick and choose who stays and who goes. So I think we're at a point of, we just have to accept that, uh, by the off season or, or, or I, don't know, I've, I, I hope, I hope the sale goes through by the off season. Um, but any, at any point that the new ownership comes in, um, we're probably going to be dealing with both of them or neither of them. And I'm not sure which way I land on that, uh, I'm about to go into the chat and take a look at what the uh, viewers have submitted in the chat. But um, for you folks right now, while I'm going through that, how do you feel about the idea of, of having neither or both of Pierre and DJ? Um, I think DJ has his moments, uh, questionable lineup decisions all season long. Um, I think the players like him enough, uh, and I'm really happy with what Pierre's done for this team um going back to uh leading up to last uh the last draft so uh, i would love to know from everyone watching in the chat let me know how do you feel about the idea of both or neither of them which way do you lean uh, and that's going to be a talking point uh later on in the show if i if we get enough answers on that and hey while uh while i've got your attention and asking you to do things feel free to tweet out the link to this show and uh, we'll bring in some more people we can talk more about uh, some real doomsday shit, or maybe we'll get positive. Who knows? We'll see. We'll we'll see which way this goes. So I'm gonna head into the uh, head into the chat here. Uh, from from newbie sports, Charlie. You can talk about your tattoo, the whole show. Anything to take the pain of this game away. I'll tell you what. Um, my pain tolerance is pretty solid. Uh, I'm I'm usually pretty good with uh, with getting tattoos. Um. That said, this game was probably a more painful experience for me. Granted, possibly I won't shut. I, I know, I know, I won't shut up about it. I should. I signed up for this job. I knew where I was going to be living. This game started at three a.m. It's fucking six thirteen a.m. for me right now, and I'm doing this show. But that's okay because I'm just, I'm just going to go to bed and and sleep for as long as I want. Following this one, the beauty of of this. Awful schedule game for me, uh, being on a Saturday night, so that's a plus. Um, let's see here, and yeah, so the, and uh, from Adam Lee 007 as a Nux fan, I wish the Sens won. Uh, yes, yeah, so how do, that's something I want to know actually, because because the Canucks have kind of been doing it the last little while, like the the, the, the tank is, is more or less over. Um, and I don't know how Canucks fans feel about that. Um, You know, as weak as a lot of the West is, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of ground made up between uh, where the Canucks are and and the playoff picture. So uh, safe to say the playoffs aren't going to be an option for the Canucks. And at that point, wouldn't you rather just just tank completely? So I'm not sure how Canucks fans feel. Um, Appreciate the fact that you also wanted the Sens to win. Uh, as did I that said though I will quickly pop away from the chat just to take a quick look at the uh, the out-of-town scoreboards so because mm-hmm. it's, it's exhausting it really is but I am at the same time I'm so happy that we're at the point now where like I give a shit about what the teams around Ottawa are doing this late into the season It's 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 refreshing I haven't done this <laughs> since 2017 so, as far as the uh, out-of-town scoreboards, uh, let me see if I can find what I wrote here. So, Detroit and the Islanders uh, lost in regulation. Buffalo and Florida lost no T. Pittsburgh won. So, as far as out-of-town scoreboard watching goes, it's not a bad night for Ottawa. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't make up any any room themselves. Uh, you know, couldn't get even a point out of Vancouver, which is... Oh, that's like... I mean, the game is a loss, but the fact that you couldn't even get a point is just a, a disaster. Um, man, that's 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 rough. Uh, when A few games ago, when I was looking ahead of the schedule, and the next four games at the time were uh, Columbus, Chicago, Seattle, and Vancouver, I was like, okay, that's an easy three out of four. Turns out it's only a two out of four, and you lose to Vancouver and Chicago. Um, rough. So out of t- like I said, out of town scoreboard not too bad for Ottawa. Like by no means is it is is it as bad as most nights have been. It, it, it seems like over the past week, every single team that Ottawa's trying to chase has decided, "What if we just win all the time?" So it it is it is nice to kind of have that change, um, but we'll see how that all goes. Um, See Connor Cahill says, you guys should be embarrassed going from six on four to shorthand in the space of two minutes. Two things uh, I want to talk about for this one. First of all, uh, correct. The Ottawa Senators should be embarrassed. Uh, the, uh, the second thing, and this is what I take issue with in this comment, is that you guys should be embarrassed. I- I'm an Ottawa Senators fan. I wasn't on the ice, buddy. Like why should I be in imbe- I listen. I know in the world of sports and trash talking um it can get heated. You get attached to your favorite team. Fucking we listen. I I'm covering this team for, uh, in a live podcast show on YouTube. Like it's safe to say I adore this team. I love the sport of hockey. I love the Ottawa Senators. But what irks me, um, outside of just, like, and listen, friendly trash talk, I'm all about it, I love, I love going at the trash talk, but when it's like, you should be embarrassed because the human beings that you cheer for, um, fucked up at the end of the game, like, no, why should I be embarrassed, like, what the fuck, like, I'm an adult man who has nothing to do with this game, I'm not embarrassed, they should be, um, Let's see here. Yeah, so from uh, Rosie, the Canucks were never going to get Bedard. Probably not. Probably not. Um, that said, I do think that Vancouver... I mean, outside of the fact that's probably where he wants to go, I do think Vancouver would have been one of my ideal spots for him as far as, like, potential Bedard landing spots. I do really like that. Um uh is it mostly cause Western conference? Maybe. Um, but I did run the, uh, draft lottery sim, uh, earlier today. And the, uh, the first two results I got were Chicago winning. So that's basically worst case scenario. And I'm afraid I may have jinxed it because I am that's main character syndrome. Um, from Lyndon Wong in the chat, it's his second shorthanded goal in four games. I don't understand it either. This, uh, I'm assuming being, uh, about uh, J.T. Miller second shorthanded goal in four games, so I don't know what the deal is there. Uh, is has 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 Miller just like learned? Has he been playing? Has he been playing on the PK all season? If there are any Canucks fans watching, I would love to know if Miller's been playing on the PK all season, and if so, why? Um, you know, two shorthanded goals in the past four games. Aside, just in general, that's that's kind of wild. Um, from newbie sports, Hamnick and Holden both looked bad this game. Sure, Holden got the second goal, but like, we'd like some defense from our defensemen. I am completely with you. Um, listen, I so another whole thing is, is, is as far as I know, Zub did not return to the game, which is uh, a disaster. Um, which would also be his what third, fourth, maybe fourth injury of the season if he's out for a bit holy shit um disaster disaster especially if Sogard is also going to be out for a bit I know he stayed in the game but like you know sometimes the adrenaline being in the game you can kind of fight through a bit of an injury but maybe he tweaked something and the team wants him to to you know sit out a couple games and then then what you're you're missing you're you're probably top uh stay-at-home defenseman uh, you're then running your fourth and fifth string goalies if they have to call someone up, and Mandalese is going to be the starter for the next little bit like that. <sighs> between between the injuries and the fact that these teams that the Ottawa has been chasing and are now trying to stay ahead of keep winning while Ottawa's losing very winnable games, maybe not so much this game. I think I do think that this game was. <sighs> It wasn't so much Ottawa lost because they played like shit. They did, but Vancouver also played well. So I can't really... I'm not looking at this game nearly the same way I'd be looking at the Chicago game, for example. But um, it's it's all adding up to just the a nightmare scenario, especially with just with how this playoff push is going. Just no one can stay healthy. Um, but yeah, that said... I, So I completely veered off from the comment I was reading. Uh, I am absolutely one of those people who wants to see the top four being Shabbat, Zub, Sanderson, and Chikrin. Arrange those four however you want into whatever two pairings you want. The issue then is that the third pairing is going to be Hamnick and Holden or Hamnick and Branstrom. I think regardless of whether you have Hamnick or Holden... First of all, Branstrom needs to be an everyday... Frankly, fifth defenseman. I, I, the fact that that DJ looks at him as a sixth slash seventh, probably leaning towards a seventh defenseman, is ridiculous. He's Branstrom generally like, score sheet. Is, we're going, we're going uh, nerd analytics here. Uh, Branstrom has been good. He's been good this year. Like, like not just not fine. He's been good. So the fact that DJ is looking at this at, at Holden and Hamnick and putting both of them ahead of Branstrom is nuts. So I think that third pairing, uh, whether you have Hamnick or Holden in, it, it, it shouldn't be both. It needs to be one or the other. And next season you have to replace whichever one. Ideally both who you have playing with Branstrom. If Branstrom can get a, a, a decent, I'm not even, I'm not, I don't even want to say a great player to play with because that top four is disgusting and 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 wonderful. If Branstrom can get some playing time and he can get a decent you know defenseman to pair with that is a phenomenal 1 through 6 on defense next season. And if DJ keeps scratching Branstrom for what we saw tonight at a Holden and Hamnick like inexcusable, completely inexcusable. Uh let's see here. So um From Adam Firebear, DJ seems like a decent coach but not a great coach. That's that's an excellent point. Uh, It's really interesting to think about uh, can you win with either a great coach or a great GM with the other being crappy or is the GM the true make or break? That's also a really interesting question. Um, I don't know what's more important between a GM and a coach because you could have a great GM. Uh, but if your coach is is running really dumb systems and <sighs> granted so it is up to the GM to make the roster but then the coach making the lineup decisions that can be iffy as well and I know uh, i I was just I was just complaining about the lack of Branstrom uh ice time even when he does play Branstrom Branstrom's struggling to get into games and when he does he's playing 15 minutes. Like it's a joke. It's an absolute joke, um, from Lyndon Wong. Don't ask us. We don't know either. Um, so yeah, it looks like we won't be getting <laughs> all that many answers to, to uh, you know, do do you keep DJ if it means you get to keep Pierre, or do you want to just start fresh with new ownership? Um, from uh, Cornelius Parker, Stutzley got hit into oblivion tonight. The send started great, yet. Uh, good lord! They fell asleep at the wheel until five minutes left in the third. Don't like this lineup on D. Chicker needs to be top four. Um, welcome to the show, uh, Cornelius. We've been. <laughs> I, I probably he probably put put that in there right during my my defense rant. Um, but yeah, no, I do agree. Chicker needs to be top four. Um, but like. <sighs> Chicker needs to be top four, and Branstrom needs to play every night. It needs to be a swap between Hamnick and Holden. I'm going to try and leave it at that. Otherwise, I'll spend I'll spend the whole show just talking about how Branstrom needs to be getting ice time over both of those guys. And if anyone's playing 15 minutes a night, it should be Hamnick or Holden. Um, uh, from newbie. so fingers crossed Ryan Reynolds and his group win the bid for the Sens. I don't know. I, at this point, I love the idea of... uh. Ryan Reynolds, uh, just because, like, I mean, I like Ryan. Like, who doesn't like Ryan Reynolds? Um, But I do remember, uh, you know, sort of at the beginning because it's gone quiet, right? Like it was, like he was talking about it a ton, and then like as it got real, he shut up. So I think you know, pretty early on, someone said, "Listen, stop talking about it." But when he was talking about it a lot, he, I don't remember the exact quote. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to fuck this up too badly, but I don't, like I said, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, uh, his, his, with his ties to Ottawa, uh, Vanier specifically, he feels like he knows how to like, uh, I don't remember the exact quote. It was something along the lines of like, he, he, he feels like he, he's comfortable telling their story. And I'm not going to say that every time Ryan Reynolds is involved with anything that has to do with sports, he's going to be making a welcome to Wrexham. But can you imagine any kind of coverage outside of just your standard news stuff, uh, sports news, whatever, for the Sens? I mean... (sighs) People lost their money. Not even just Leafs fans. People were excited when when Amazon did that Leafs series, right? Just the fact that like, holy shit, this 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 larger entity is paying attention to hockey. It doesn't happen. It it, it never happens. So even outside of Leafs, people who aren't Leafs fans ate that up. So I feel like the more. People we get involved, and, and, and granted, I am biased because it's, it's Ryan Reynolds looking at the Sens, and, and and the main thing is talking about the Sens. Whether he was buying the Sens or the Canucks or fucking any team at all, if his plan was to make a, a, a docu series or or any series or anything in general about the NHL and the sport, that's there. That is nothing but great for the sport and the growth of the game. Like. Who knew about Wrexham before him and Rob McElhinney bought the team? And is it safe to say that Wrexham is now like a lot of huge soccer and footy fans? Like, it it must be a safe bet that that's that's a lot of people's number two team just because they have a soft spot and they watch the show. Um, On top, look look, look what, what Drive to Survive did for F1. I mean, F1's always been huge, but especially in North America... That show, I think, I think it was big enough in the South. Like, I think there's been some crossover as far as fandom with like NASCAR and F1. So like that makes sense. But as far as like in Canada, like like motorsport hasn't had like too many diehard fans, at least in in, in my age bracket, I guess. But so and, and, and like fuck my my parents and my brother watch Drive to Survive religiously, and and that show turned them, especially my mom. Into diehard F1 fans because the show was good. Like, can you imagine what a well done hockey related, hockey based show can do for the sport? Ryan Reynolds, I genuinely believe this, and it's not just because it's Ryan Reynolds and it's the Ottawa Senators and I'm biased and I fucking clearly am biased. Um, I honestly think, regardless of what the team is, And the fact that I believe this and it's the Ottawa Senators involved and not, like, you know, a team people outside of the market give a shit about. Honestly, a good show can do more to grow the game than Bettman or anyone in the NHL has done in the past decade. Two decades? Going back to, like, hockey was on the rise in the 80s and 90s. Like, it was looking good. And then it just crashed, right? Like, it's, it's is it even a top-four sport outside of Canada? Obviously, some European countries, it's huge. But, like, if you're looking at the biggest market being the States, like, who cares about hockey? So I genuinely think if Ryan Reynolds gets the Sens, if he's, if he's part of that ownership group, because it sounds like uh, reports said that he's been linked to one specific group. Um, listen, if that goes through and a show is made about the Sens, first of all, I'll love it. Sens fans will love it. Uh, but more importantly, I genuinely believe that it would grow the game more than, you know, basically any any type of uh, outreach or, or, or attempt at growing the sport has done through the NHL in years. Um, which is great. Because, listen, like, fandom aside, we all love hockey. We want hockey to be bigger. We want it to be more popular. We want it to be better. And... The more diverse your the, the the more diverse the 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 population of the fans are that can only mean that can only mean good things for the sport. So uh, this all came from hey do you think Ryan Reynolds will buy the team? So I went on a whole fucking tangent right there. Um, but uh, yeah, I really we haven't really talked about Ryan Reynolds at all on the show since uh, those initial reports when he went to the uh, to the. Uh, Canucks-Sens game when they played in Ottawa, uh, which the Sens also lost. Huh. Um, But yeah. um, uh, Scroll up in the chat here. I've missed a few things here. Um, We'll we'll, we'll go through the chat here and then then wrap things up. Uh, So this is fun. Instead of talking about the game, I talked (laughs) about Ryan Reynolds and how Eric Branstrom used to play. Um... Branchum is overrated it's supposed to be an offensive d and can't do that he improved defensively but it's easy to improve on something when you start at zero he needs to play though or he won't develop so i will agree he needs to play or he won't develop but he has not been an issue offensively this team up until about a week and a half ago couldn't score five on five to save its life this the Sens could not score five on five at all at one point like, they looked so good shorthanded. They, I think they might have... Might, there was a couple games there where they may have outscored uh, themselves shorthanded versus 5-on-5. Five five. So when you are a third-pairing defenseman fighting for your fucking life to, number one, get in the lineup and play more than, a, than 15 minutes in a game, and you're only playing 5-on-5, five five, and your team can't score 5-on-5, five five, of course he doesn't have any points. Of course he's not putting points up on the score sheet. That's, that's just that's just like I don't want to be like you know you're wrong <laughs> like I don't want to be mean but you're kind of wrong like when you're stuck five on five and trying to play more than fifteen minutes and you know who you're playing with right it's either it's either Holden or um, actually would have been Holden for most of the season because up until the acquisition of Chikrin, it was it was very much uh, Hamnick was only playing with Sanderson which I still think is kind of uh, happening. Um, listen, when you're playing with Nick Holden and you're paying and you're playing 15 minutes a night, and uh, you know, the fords you're out on the ice with more often than not are like Dylan Gambrell and fucking like Austin Watson and and and, and Parker Kelly. Like, yeah, no, shit. he's not putting up any points. The analytics are there. He, he's a great play driver. The issue with Branch, he can carry the puck with the best of them, uh. It's just when once he you know gets the offensive zone and, and and tries to make a pass or take a shot like then it gets a little iffy and I do think that has to do with a lack of play time and and just not being able to to get into a routine or a rhythm I, i'm I'm a brand I won't I won't say I'm a Branstrom truther I'm a I'm a Branstrom believer and I think more of the reason I want him in the lineup every night is because I'm sick of Hamnick and Holden. I do think that you know at the very least if not mostly, uh, that it's at least 50-50. I want to see Branstrom in the lineup, and I want to see Hamnick or Holden out. Uh, so that's that's what I'll say there. Um, Past that. Let's see. So yeah, Lord knows the NHL needs marketing 100%. Um, and then from Cornelius, I'd like to see Gote back the lineup, take out Gambrell or Watson to slide him in the bottom six. I completely agree. Um, he showed honestly, like, Gautier showed flashes of of uh, brilliance, is a strong word. Uh, but he he genuinely looked really solid a few times. He's got great size, speed is nuts, dude can fly. Um, I saw a few Rangers fans uh, say during when the trade happened that they're like, this dude can fly and he can carry the puck. The issue is that once he gets to the offensive zone, he doesn't know what to do with the puck. And maybe that's that's an accurate scouting report. I have no idea. Um, From the games he's played with Ottawa, I I thought honestly. And maybe it's because uh, it's a direct comparison to who they have in the bottom six currently. But I thought he looked solid. Um, maybe, like I said, in comparison to, you know, the Austin Watsons and the Parker Kellys and the Dylan Gambrels or, and whoever. Um, I also think Patrick Boun has looked pretty good. Um, even even his goal aside the other night, like I I do think in general he's looked alright. Um, but I do think that depth both both defensively and as far as the fourth line goes, the Sens really need to uh, that's what the Sens need to address um in the off season going into the next season because I don't wanna okay. I don't want to be like, oh, the season's over. Let's talk about offseason. It's not over. Like we still have some fun games left. There's still a playoff push to be had. It's going to be a blast. But listen, even before this big push happened, we all we all knew next year was the year. Especially now with, with the chicken acquisition, next year is the year. So we'll do that. Um. But yeah. So I, th- I think I, I think I've landed on an answer here. Um, we were talking about, you know, um, you know, are, are we sick enough of DJ's, uh, lineup decisions to warrant replacing, uh, Pierre? And I think, I think so. God, I don't know. I don't know. The sentence just lost. and I spent like, so, so we're on minute, we're about to hit minute 39 of the show and i have spent a good chunk of this episode specifically complaining about the uh the ice time and and general usage of the depth players and listen the guys on your fourth line shouldn't be the deciding factor in whether you win or lose i get that but like it just feels like the it, it, i'm doing that thing where i'm like i know better than nhl coaches i don't but it just, it just feels like... It just feels like the right choices are obvious. And those are never the choices that are made. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah. All that to say. I, I do think that this team could... Uh, could... Well, <laughs> hot pick. This team could use some improvements. Yeah, no shit. Um, but I think... <sighs> We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with with new ownership and and how much they clean house and everything. Um, but all that to say, uh, DJ, while he's here, I want I, I want different lineup decisions. Frankly, um, uh, from Cornelius, I'd get rid of DJ and give Dorian another season, give him a chance at another offseason of improving this team. I'm with you. But my issue is, I you know I feel like with new ownership coming in, they're either cleaning house or they're leaving everything as is, um, which is which is why I, I think I think sends are in for another season of either both of them or neither of them, and that's you know if the acquisition of the team happens between now and the beginning of next season, which fuck, I, I hope I hope it does, I really really hope it does, and I think we'll end the stream with a little bit of positivity. From newbie once again in the chat. This team has potential. It absolutely does. Um, and if it weren't for that start to the season, they'd be in the playoffs. If this if this team hadn't started the season 6, 12-1, they'd be in the playoffs. Since that 6-12-1 start, including tonight's game, the team has gone, I believe, 27-16 and three. That is that is a playoff team. So you know I don't want to lean too hard into next year's the year even though that, that is the case because there is still a chance to make the playoffs um my buddy Austin who is a Toronto Maple Leafs fan uh who will be on the show actually on uh, I believe April 1st he's he's my guest for that episode of Game Over um he told me that he 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 looks at the Sens team potentially playing the Boston Bruins in the first round. And he he was saying that this team gives him, like, the Columbus Blue Jackets that beat the Lightning in 2019 vibes. Um, God, that'd be nice. Could you imagine? That'd be nice. I don't know how likely that is or or even how realistic it is to even hope for that, but um, it would be fun. So, uh, with that, I think... uh, I think we'll end it here, folks. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to this very late edition of Game Over Ottawa. Um, Subscribe to STPN on YouTube, folks. Like the stream. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if you liked it, share it around. Tell all your friends that Game Over Ottawa is fun, even when watching the Sens isn't. So uh, I believe Maud, let me just let me just line things up for the next couple of shows. I believe Maud's doing the next couple of games. Uh, I just want to double check that real quick and be accurate. Yes, so Maud is doing the uh, remain remaining two games on this western road trip, uh, Calgary on Sunday and Edmonton on Tuesday. And then I will be back on March 16th for the first game back home, following this road trip against Colorado and uh my god the rest of the season is rough. The <laughs> this is a tough this is a tough remaining schedule. And and listen, the Sens are one of those teams that's team to up their game against the good teams and uh forget how to play against the bad teams. So maybe that's a good thing. We'll be positive while we can. So like I said before, thank you guys so much for checking out the uh stream or listening to this after the fact. That's how you uh enjoy game over and with that we will see you next time good night or my case good morning like i said i won't shut up about it. the sun's coming up the sun's coming up at the end of the episode of game over um it is 6 40 a.m <laughs> i'll see you guys next time game over powered by sports interaction canada sports book